Oh yeah, it's backdoor cover. The playoffs are in full swing. Brad is on his honeymoon. But today, it's the return of Coach's Corner <laughs> with the one and only Mr. Coach Bobby. How you living? All right. What's going on, Whitey? Whitey last joined us to uh, break down the last dance. And now uh, That's right. we're still locked in our homes. It's, that seems like nine years ago and also like two days ago because nothing changes and we never go anywhere. Uh, we were talking about hoops, but it was from hoops from 20 years ago. We were so horny for hoops back then, and now we have actual hoops. And I'm just so glad that Bobby is here to join us. All of the series have played two rounds. We're going to talk uh, pretty much just about basketball. I don't think there's anything else going on. So uh, buckle up. We're about to dive deep. We're about to get into it. Uh, a couple of programming notes, as always, before I give up Bobby's uh, handles where all the single women listening, the backdoor baddies can listen and find him. Uh, and then, you know, maybe maybe or maybe not actually meet up with him in person. From a, There is no safe distance with Coach Bobby. Uh, <laughs> You're really starting off hard. Uh, check out Mind of Micah. This week we had a, a four-part investigation into uh, 20 years of reality t- dating TV shows. Uh, it's actually quite fascinating what it says about our society. I think you'll enjoy it. That's mine of Mike. And of course, check out Micah's Read of the Week, the newsletter. It's blowing up. It's going viral like COVID. Uh, be a part of it. It hits your inbox every Monday. The dis- The link is in the description of this podcast. So there you go. And of course, Too Much Dip, the other sports podcast that I do. We record that on Mondays. That's with the guys from Wash Media. You know who they are. Dave, Will, Dylan, uh, and uh, KJ Ellis. It's good stuff. And we're ramping up towards football season, which did you know pro football is supposed to start in three weeks? That's that's hard to believe. And <clears throat> we think that's actually going to happen. I, I mean, I think so. I think they're going to start. I mean, the I don't act- know if they're going to be able to finish it. Um, the NFL has enough money and they have enough pull. I think that what I've been hearing is that they can you, know, you can use their own medical uh, locations. They can use their own make like pop-up hospitals if they need to and they've got yeah, enough no shit with the amount of money the nfl can do they could do they could put everybody yeah i there. think pro sports are safer much safer Definitely. than the ncaa that's that's a whole nother story yeah yeah we won't even get into that uh yeah that's that's a whole because hoops are here that's, that's right. why we've we got to get in we got actual hoops. fun stuff to talk about hoops all right, so we're going to run through each of these series. We won't spend as much time on the ones that already look over. Actually, let's we'll kind of start there. Uh, Toronto up 2-0 in Brooklyn. Uh, the four games today, Toronto-Brooklyn is the early game. Denver-Utah, Boston-Philadelphia, L.A.-Dallas, uh, which is exciting. But Toronto up 2-0 on, on Brooklyn. Toronto has looked incredible. They've probably been the, the most dominant team so far. Uh, Brooklyn is trash. I mean, your That's middle school reason, basketball yeah. team is is uh, as equipped to to face Toronto at this point. Uh, Toronto had been basically like in they'd been practicing in Florida for like a month before the bubble, so they've been together and it looks it shows they they yeah. know what they're doing. And uh, I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that series. There's not a well, lot I to think say. Toronto just looks like a galvanized team. I think that they've all kind of have a chip on their shoulder which might not make any sense. They just, they're coming off a championship run, but a lot of people believe that was a Kawhi Leonard uh, led championship run and uh, that these guys can't do it on their own. They really overachieved in the regular season. Um, and it looks like they're just here to take care of business and the next it's probably some of it's relative to the competition. That's true too. 
but are they really bad. they remind me of some of these Spurs teams from the last decade that are just like so professional. Like they're yes. just not going to make mistakes. They're not going to beat themselves. They're going to stay poised, and like you're going to have to play really well to beat them. Yeah, and, and it looks like the, they know the everybody knows their role. Uh, yeah, the, Nick Nurse is is. I, the most fun coach to watch for me because they change their defensive alignments like every possession. They're they're throwing box and one at guys. They're I mean they're doing stuff different on he he's like a defensive coordinator in football. Like he's calling a different play all the time. Uh yeah. and they're fun to watch. Yeah, he he's almost like underrated at this point as a coach. Uh he's he's so good. He kind of came out of nowhere. And that and uh, what a lot of people might only recognize him as a defensive genius is what he did to the Bucks last last year in the playoffs um, with Giannis. But if you actually sit down and watch the games, he's he's calling defensive plays. You know, he's changing it up so much that it's like it's almost like he is the defensive coach, and then the someone else handles the offense the way he's kind of the opposite of what Mike mm-hmm. D'Antoni for the Rockets does. Yeah. Uh, so he's they're they're a lot of fun to watch. They they really maximize their talent uh, as individuals. Yep. And I think everybody gonna... knows their role. Everybody stays in their role. Like they're just they're solid. And as uh, big picture, before we kind of move on with uh, Gordon Hayward being out for four weeks, and and uh, Milwaukee Hayward. looking a little you know Shaky. not great. Yeah, a little shaky. I mean, Toronto, things are really looking good for Toronto at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the East. Hard to believe that – hard to see them not at least in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Uh, moving uh, – before we move on to Denver at Utah, which is a series that's been really fun, uh, you have any thoughts on, on – every day is just a, a buffet of hoops. Four games a day, every day throughout the first round. It's been more exciting than I imagined it would be. They're on all the time. Is starting at twelve thirty Central Time today, and then the last game starts at eight, and then it's just it's awesome. I can't I can't handle it. Uh, is it the only question? Is is it too much hoops, Whitey? It you know I, the the way the schedule is set up, it's not. I wouldn't say it's too much. Well, I guess with the way the schedule is set, you would say that because it's it basically starts at noon, and then it does not stop until ten. So if you're inclined to to catch every game you can't leave your couch for almost 10 hours. And you these know, games be, on TNT, I, I can't awesome. go to bed until I watch inside yeah, the NBA. Like I, nor, at least the first segment, and then I'll TiVo it and watch the rest of the morning. But I found myself just watching the whole show. Because it, it, when when there's an exciting game and they go back to the studio, there's nothing better than... So now you're watching four games plus an extra 45 minutes of, of post-game show. And... Uh, now you're up to midnight. It's just in. It's a lot. Yeah, that's almost like you. That's something you got to like record and watch the next day. And it also it also streaming. makes. But yeah, like I, I can't though. I can't. No, you're you're so hyped up. I'm, I in, see the, I'm in deep. The the other thing is it, it also makes a lot of sense why people call in sick the first Thursday and Friday of the uh, NCAA tournament. Like it's yeah. just too much hoops. Even if you're working from home, you can't you can't watch all of these all the time. Um, it's got to be incredibly detrimental to the. Uh, you know, to the productivity of the American people. I mean, even if you're working at home, it's still distracting. Uh, you know, if you're at the office and you're trying to watch, it's going to be that much worse. And if you're at the office, what what I have a problem with is I can't sit still that long. So I'm missing, I'm usually catching most of the first game. And then I'm at the golf course for the afternoon. So I miss the middle two games and then I catch the last game. 
So I, I'm not, I, I'm not watching it. I'm not getting to watch quite as much when they, in the past, when they had these games overlapped, you could kind of flip the channel back and forth and catch, you know, catch a little bit of both games it'd be four games total. And they'd be one at six thirty, one at seven. And then the two evening games that usually somewhat overlapped and they're on different networks. So you can actually, you know, you can mm-hmm. actually flip back and forth and watch more of them with the way it's set up. Now you have the potential to watch every minute of every game. Uh, if you are inclined to, and if you're capable of sitting still, uh, well, I guess in the middle of a pandemic, there's a lot of people that, uh, probably are. So, so it's kind of, it's, it's good and it's bad. Um, I'm not, I'm not totally sold on it. I think I'm going to like it a lot more in the later rounds when there's not four games. They'll probably start, you know, at three or four in the afternoon. It's got to be weird for these dudes that play 90% of their games at night and to be playing at at 1230 or 130 Eastern time or everything about the situation. Everything about the situation is odd. The the bubble thing that no traveling, uh, seeing these dudes in the hotel afterwards, you know, or by the pool, like, Jamal Murray and uh, and Donovan Mitchell. It's got to be. It's the whole thing is strange. It's a first first time experience for for everybody. Did you and see I the uh, kind of the go. video of Mike Conley yesterday? Uh, no, he's he was he dancing in his room or something. He's like quarantining that. like because he left the yes, bubble for kid. the birth of his child, and then he came right. back and he's got to be quarantined. Apparently, he's going to come back for game three. Uh, but some of his teammates walked by like he's staying in a different hotel, and like he was out by the window like waving at him. Yeah. Like we need you, buddy. We'll see you soon. Come <laughs> back. That's funny. Um, all right. So, which brings us to Utah. Let's and yeah. Denver. Let's start there. That's the game at uh, uh, three o'clock Central, four o'clock Eastern today. Uh, Denver at Utah. This series tied at one one. The first game, an absolute classic. Donovan Mitchell went for fifty seven, I believe. Um, but Denver won the game in overtime. Utah awesome looked. Yeah, it, it was the probably the best playoff game yet. Um, I agree. Although some of these these L.A. Dallas games have been pretty good, um, but so then game two, Utah came back strong, uh, won the game without Mike Conley. Now they do get Conley back. I mean, uh, and you know he's only been out of the bubble, you know, four or five days. He, not that he would be broken down and tired, but uh, we'll see if that affects him. You know, his rhythm with the team or whatever that, however that may work. But uh, exciting to see that these are two teams that are that are fun to watch and both play different than most other NBA teams uh, to a certain extent pretty evenly matched you have any thoughts on this series so far or game uh, I think I I would say Denver's probably my favorite team to watch uh, they were a ton of fun to watch last year the Spurs series when it went seven games uh, this one has seven games written all over it um, Nikola Jokovic is just he's so entertaining with the ball in his hands and that and then they run that two-man game with Jamal Murray at the end near the end of the games um because they don't have a whole lot of guys that can create their own shot but they're but they're kind of like Toronto in that they they've got guys that sort of know their role um they play together um with a lot of energy the ball moves Mm -hmm. the ball's moving around you know it's it's just so it's a ton of fun to watch Utah uh, especially in game one is a little bit more uh, Donovan Mitchell's a little more ball dominant. And when he's scoring, when he's making shots, you know, the 57 he had in game one, you know, he's, he's fun to watch. I particularly don't think he's, I don't think he's a very efficient player. I don't think he's sustainable. What he does is sustainable. And I think that the, the recipe for how they won game two 
which is more of a team effort was, you know, a whole lot more guys involved. I think that's probably more sustainable and that's how they're going to win the series. Him, him having to do everything and taking 40 shots a game is probably not a way that they're going to win. Uh, but this has got seven games written all over it. I cannot wait for game two. I'll give a shout out to uh, KJ from too much dip who described uh, the Joker as looking like a water polo player. Cause he just stands <laughs> there at the top of the, at the, the top God, of the key really and is. just throws passes over everyone else like flat-footed just throws passes up with his arm 15 feet in the air over right. the top like it's it's amazing it this i've never i've never seen it i don't know if anybody's ever played like this guy he is I, so unique i didn't quite understand the um how much of an advantage it is when you have court vision like that and you're that tall until i started scrimmaging with 12 year olds and 13 year olds and I was like, this is so much easier when I can just see over everybody. And you can just throw the ball. You know, you can make the kid that would get cut, that's going to get cut, you can make him actually look like a, a reasonable athlete, a decent, a viable player if if you can give him the ball in a position where he can score. Uh, and he and this guy, just ma- he makes his teammates better. He's got to be so much fun to play with. Uh, did you hear what Michael Porter Jr. said, uh, who's actually kind of – he's come out and he's actually – he's putting up points – he said he's like he's like well I like to score he likes to pass so we've got a pretty good relationship <laughs> and, that's, that's, and pretty good. that's that's got to be that's got to be so much fun to play with somebody you know you you know the guy if you cut he's gonna give you the ball you know you know if you bust your ass down the floor he's gonna find you with an outlet pass you know and he's just it's so entertaining and I just wish that there was a there was more of this and less of the AAU you know, one-on-one stuff that just does, you know, where everybody's standing around. They're kind of like the anti-rockets, if you will. That's kind yeah. of, that's the way I feel about it. We'll talk about Porter Jr., who's now cemented himself as the starting three for them, uh, who can score it, can fill it up, and plays no defense at all. He is just, Absolutely not. They are picking on him like crazy. I think his number, his minutes are going to go down as the series continues, just because Every time he's on the floor, Utah is just going at him. It's they're, like Carmelo in the other series. Like they're just going to pick on him. He he has no idea what he's doing. Uh, he's very clearly been, you know. I don't want to sound, you know. I, I root for the guy who went to Mizzou for two games or three games where he learned where he learned to play defense too, right? He, uh, perhaps, he but he's very clearly like the worst case of the AAU basketball phenomenon, right? Like this guy is is a tremendous, skilled, long score he's he's mini Kevin Durant on the offensive side okay poor man's Kevin Durant perhaps um but he's it's been clear that he's never had to learn any defensive system like he can come over the top and and get a block or something uh, every once in a while but he's skinny and he doesn't have any strength and he's never been a part of any coherent defensive system and that stuff is just getting exposed and you know I, I think his role is just he may be better off as just the six man that you six run the man, offense yeah. through. He can come in and and you know fill it up for a little while and then try not to get picked on because at the end of the he's, games, well, throughout the games, they're just going at him. He's kind of like a six foot ten Lou Williams. He's just he comes in to get buckets and you know he's going to yeah. get picked on. They had to take him out in crunch time in game even in game one because he was just getting destroyed. It wasn't and even you know uh, I call her Boris Dirk. Uh, one of my least favorite announcers, she she mentioned it, and she's the most positive. It's just relentless positivity. Like, everybody's so great, and everybody – and she might know what she's talking about, but but you kind of lose – your opinion lose 
loses some validity when everybody is great and everything's great. It's like, I, I don't think that's the way the world works, but she says, she said something like he had to be taken out because they're just picking on him. And when she says that, you know, you know that there's something that, that you're, yeah, that you're doing something really bad on the defense. Not end. known for being critical. Uh, no. yeah. So, I mean, this, this series to me screams seven games. Uh, yeah, this and, is, this is, this might be the best one. And I don't I mean, know. I think I, Denver know. is marginally better. Uh, I think they're more balanced, as you said. Like they're not as dependent on Mitchell to go one on one. Although Utah's as deep a team as there is in the playoffs, basically. I mean, they play a bunch of guys, uh, and I mean, I, it should be fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to another five close games here. Yeah, I think this is a great this is a great first round series. I don't, I and I'll throw this back at you. I don't think that either of these teams can beat the LA teams. I can I mean, I, maybe the way the Lakers have played. They look way better in game two, which I guess we'll get to. But I don't see either of these teams really, really making it to the finals. I think that they would, you know, if they did make it to the Western Conference finals, they're going to lose to one of the L.A. teams. But this is what playoff basketball is about, is that even even though these teams aren't really, no one's really picking them to, you know, make a run to win the Western Conference or to or to win the NBA championship, they're still it's so much fun to watch yeah. that you're just glad that they're there. I, I I think I agree with you. Of the teams three through seven in the West, I, I think Houston looks like the most dangerous team through two games uh-huh. uh, to beat one of those L.A. teams. I just don't see it with Denver, Utah, but you know, the, we'll talk about the L.A. teams too here in a little while. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is the weirdness of the bubble. Normally, you play two games in one city, and then you go to the other city, and then the, you know either a team that's down 2-0 may get a little burst with home, or if they're tied 1-1, now now you're in the driver's seat because you stole one. You don't have any of that here, and it's There's, that dynamic is strange. Like I, I don't understand. I, I mean, I don't know what it means. You know, it totally changes the ebb and flow of the series now when you don't have <clears throat> when you don't have the home in a way, and you don't have home court advantage. You know, with one team getting four games at home and the other getting three in the event, it does go seven seven games. So it it does, and this is all unprecedented. This is part of what we were saying earlier. This is this kind of changes the dynamic of of the series, and it probably makes it. I, I would say it makes it much more much less predictable for Vegas to make odds. Yeah, um, I was thinking that too because you know the the hardcore professional basketball gamblers always talk about the zigzag theory during the playoffs right where you know whoever wins one one game is going to get a you know it, the team that loses game 1 is is more likely to win game 2 and back and forth and especially with travel there's there's theories that play into that i don't know i mean i i wouldn't want to be gambling uh betting on these games uh in any meaningful way <laughs> But that's I, I have had very little success so far. So uh, don't I don't know if that if I'm if I'm the uh, leading leading source to find out who to bet on. All right, let's move on. Uh, Boston, Philadelphia. I mean, this is one that you know three weeks ago maybe the most exciting series on paper, and then Ben Simmons goes out, misses the whole thing. Philadelphia has no chance here, even without Gordon Hayward. I don't think. I mean, Philly might get a game here, but. Boston looks like a much better team. Uh, Brett Brown seemingly has no idea what he's doing, even though he's been the coach for like five or six years. And he, you know he's a former Spur assistant, so I sh- I'm I'm inclined to like him. And I've, every interview I've ever heard with him has been really great. Uh, he never makes adjustments. They they seemingly have no idea what they're doing coaching coaching important basketball games. Um, and you know Joel Embiid played very well in Game Two, and it still wasn't enough. They they got whipped. 
Gordon Hayward is an important piece, but he's the third or fourth best player on that team. You know, maybe in the fifth, depending on on you know the arguments you want to make there. So I just Philadelphia just doesn't have enough without Simmons, um, and it, it's just a shame because they really it seemingly figured it out when they moved him to either the three or the four. And they they brought in Shake Milton to basically run the point, and so everything sort of fit, fit into place. Now everything just is fucked, um, and Embiid probably isn't enough uh, to get more than a game, or you know, probably more than one game. I can't imagine them getting two. You have any thoughts on this so far? I uh, really, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. I think Embiid probably has to go for fifty and twenty, you know, to for them to win a game. And I don't think he's got the stamina to do it. Uh, he's just kind of too inconsistent throughout the game um, mm-hmm. with his energy level. Um, and it, Brett Brown has just got to go. It's, you know, he seems like you said, he seems like a nice guy. Every interview I, I enjoy listening to him talk. Uh, he's probably, he's, you know, I'll bet that the players like him, uh, but he's just, he's incompetent as far as making adjustments. Uh, it and certainly appears. It's been that way for a while. Yeah. It's been he hasn't. He really, even when they had Ben Simmons, he really had barely figured out how to play the two of those in the most efficient manner. And you know, in these, there are a, a lot of talking heads that have said the same thing. And most of the time, those guys don't agree on everything. There's usually you know uh, agendas going on where guys don't agree about you know, the competence of a coach, but almost everybody agrees that this guy's time is up. He's got too much talent on the roster for what he's for the results that he's, that he's bringing. So uh, it's time to bring somebody else in there. And then when Ben Simmons comes back, you know, hopefully they can make, they can make a run the next couple of years, but this series, it looks like it's over. I'm guessing Boston in five at the most, it's gotta be five, maybe four. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And I mean, who knows what Philadelphia? That we'll talk about the off season another time. But that seems like a position. You know, Philly is interesting going into the off season because they could blow the whole right. thing up if they want to. Uh, yeah, we won't spend any more time talking about that series. We will spend some time talking about the Clippers and Mavericks. Uh, the series now tied at one. Luca has been amazing in game one and game two. I think he went for 43 in game one and 30 or something like that in game two. Scored more points in his first two playoff games than any player except Wilt, which is always pretty good company. Or no, no, it wasn't Wilt. It was George Mikan is the only player ever to score more points in the first two playoff games. Plus, he's been running, you know, the entire offense through the guy. He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, He's Caucasian James Harden. The Mavericks uh, played well but not perfectly in game two and really just whipped LA uh Paul George playoff P looked like shit in game two it was just terrible I don't I don't have the stats in front of me I think he was like eight for 24 or something like that um not good and the pressure definitely falls on the Clippers here I mean the Mavericks are uh the team well both these teams have very bright futures I mean I, I think if you look the next five years with the pieces they have in place but the pressure is clearly on the Clippers to win now in a way it, it isn't necessarily on the Mavericks with Luka only in his second season, which is hard to believe. Um, but, you know, they won game two, 127-114 going away. Uh, you know, and you could make an argument that if if Porzingis doesn't Porzingis get that bogus get T in game one, you know, the Mavericks were right there in game one as well. Uh, this has been one of the more fun series to watch. I like watching both these teams. 
Um, your thoughts. And Boban. Uh, uh, sorry, one last thing, of course. Boban is just, you know, Boban uh, was plus 12. He he played 10 minutes, went 6 for 8 from the field. Too big, too strong, 9 rebounds in 10 minutes. So um, there's a lot uh, going on here. Incredible. By the way, yeah, Paul he's... George, one last thing. I said 8 for 24. That was generous. He went 4 for 17. Yeah. And was minus 13 in 32 minutes. Not playoff P's best uh, best game. Uh, we might need to rethink that nickname actually. Well, it was uh, just it was he gave it to himself, which is always a, a red right. flag. Yeah, that doesn't always work. Self-proclaimed playoff P. Wait, what about a nickname for Bobanovich? Uh, we got a, a Bobana giant. You rang. That's uh, that's Shaq's. That's you can't. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean, it's not the official is a statement. That's not a nickname. Yeah, yeah, it's just very. I don't really know what it means, but it makes me laugh really hard. Just, this guy. This guy has been uh, kind of a crowd, a team favorite, you know, a, a locker room favorite for a while, and it's it's glad it's awesome that he's now on a playoff team, uh, and he's getting some recognition, you know, nationwide. Well, did you see him on? They had him on Inside the NBA the other night. His headphones won't fit on his ears. Yeah, and, and like, what an awesome interview! It was so great. And when he first started, he's like, "I am, I am nervous. I've never been on this show before." Like, just the fact that he made it to Inside the NBA was like a real thrill for him because he's just a fun guy. Yeah. Yeah, big friendly giant, dude. Maybe that's what it is. BFG. Can we just can we uh, can we I'll name go him with that? BFG. Yeah. <clears throat> he looks just like uh, those of you that have seen Big Fish. He looks just like the giant from Big Fish as well. He's got the uh, the ears that get XM radio. They kind of have their own zip code. Uh, the game, the very entertaining game. Luca is incredibly fun to watch. Um, he there's some similarities with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, with the defensive side, he's he's not very good defensively. Uh, he he does this thing, and I want to say uh, it's a Euro thing, where he kind of decides when he sees a guy coming at him that he's not going to move his feet. He's not going to make any attempt to stay in front of the guy. So he kind of plants his feet, and then he'll sort of lean into the guy as he's attempting to go around him and just sort of pray for a foul call. And this got him into trouble in game two. He had to sit out the entire almost nine minutes of the fourth quarter because he picked up his fifth foul with 11 minutes, like, like 30 seconds into the fourth quarter. Um, so I think that's something to, something to watch out for is if he, if he's going to attempt to do that instead of moving his feet on defense, um, the Mavs are in trouble when he goes to the bench. Uh, they, they sort of sustained that run when he was in the bench on the bench. By, I think Tim Hardaway played pretty well. He sort of, yeah, they the got offense. hot there for a little while, but, it seems unsustainable. Seen... That seemed no. like, uh, you know, that's going to happen two and a half times out of ten that he's going to sit out and they're going to go on a run. Right. Uh, you know, um, Ed, if they can tread water while Luke is out, they're in better shape, but that's tough. They're not as deep to, as some of these these other teams. It's similar to LeBron and the Lakers. If if he goes to the bench, that they're they're going to have to capture lightning in a bottle, get lucky, and or just you know tread water. Just don't you know, slowly lose whatever lead they've built and when they when they go to the bench. He is incredible. Luca is absolutely incredible to watch offensively. Uh the skill, the way that he he runs a pick and roll and he gets his shoulders around the guy and he just he sort of he gears down almost to first gear and he's barely crawling but keeping his dribble alive and he keeps his body in front of the defender that is attempting to that is attempting to recover and back get back in front of him so really the only way to defend him is just by switching i think i don't think that you can he's too good uh keeping his dribble alive 
to try to hedge and then recover. I think you need to switch. In uh, LA, probably has the bodies to do that. Um, he's so he's so good. I think he's still gonna he's probably still gonna score thirty five a game, even if you do that, because he's scoring. He's you know I don't know if you saw in game one. He's doing this. I mean, he's almost abusing Kawhi Leonard uh, in game one. It's just an incredible performance, and he was he wasn't all that efficient. He had too many turnovers, uh, but he scored. You know, he just kind of put the team on his back offensively. They're historically one of the best, maybe the best offense in the league. They they are the best offense league historically. They're one of the most efficient. Uh, so it's a ton of fun to watch. I don't. I think that this is going to go six or seven games. I don't see them beating. The Clippers, I think the Clippers have way too many bodies. They have, they just have too many dudes. You look down, down the roster, and you're just like, wait, they've got that guy, they've got that guy, they've got all of these athletes, they've got all these guys that play two ways. Um, they have may, maybe the two be, maybe the best backcourt defense in the history of the league. I say that Paul George, um, Kawhi Leonard, and uh, Patrick Beverly, who was on the bench in Game mm-hmm. Two. It might be better than Ron Harper, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan. They're 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 that good defensively. So it's gonna it's I think they they're gonna make it real tough on on Luca in the next in the coming games. I don't think they're gonna slow him. I don't think they're gonna stop him from scoring thirty. But they can get him to cough the ball up a bunch and force you know the Mavs to the others on the Mavs to to pick up the slack offensively. So th- this is a very entertaining series. I, I'm I'm enjoying watching it. Uh, I'm rooting for the Mavs uh, just because I'm I'm not I'm I'm going for the underdog and I don't really have a dog in the fight other than rooting for the underdog. So this this will be interesting to see. I'm looking forward, really looking forward to the, tonight's game. As am I. That is uh, the late game tonight. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. And uh, so there's your games tonight. The other half of the bracket. Well, I guess not the other half of the bracket, but the other games. Uh, the Saturday games, the games that were on last night, uh, Milwaukee stomped Orlando to a certain extent. They got their win back. They're, that series now tied at one. Milwaukee still doesn't look perfect, uh, and they they their others need to step up a little bit. Um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot else to say there. I think they're still going to win this series in five. Uh, they're much better than Orlando at this point. Yeah. And it's yeah, not I like think, anybody's uh, watching this series anyway, I just to be Giannis honest. is a ton of fun to watch. Uh, I think I think he should. You watch the way he covers ground with his dribble. He should have been like a triple jumper or something like that. He's, he's amazing. He's a ton of fun. He's good for two or three plays a game that are like. Even though we've watched this guy in the league five or six years now, he's still good for two or three plays a night that are just like, oh my god, jaw dropping. Just, just like jaw dropping dunks over do. people, blocks, whatever it is. He's he's incredible. Uh, I mean, he's the MVP for a reason. Uh, we're not going to spend any more time there. Another series we don't really have to spend much time on, Indiana-Miami. Uh, Miami leads this series 2-0. Miami, to me, looks like perhaps the, the dark horse coming out of the East. That, that is not a team I want to play. Jimmy Butler will fucking rip your balls off. He's a killer. Uh, <laughs> he is. They, they are coached well. They know what they're doing. They've got Duncan Robinson just, just raining three-pointers. Now, I mean, it's a lot easier in the first round against an Indiana team that's a little hobbled. Um, But Miami's good, and I would—that is not a team I'd want to face in the second round. I don't know exactly who who they would face, Um, but they're they're tricky. I mean, that's the kind of team that takes Milwaukee to seven games in the second round. You know, 
Um, Agreed. Uh, would they play the winner of the Celtics and the well, just the Celtics? Because the yeah, oh, gosh, let's see. Seventy Sixers don't have a chance. I think I want to say that's who they play. They're not going. They wouldn't see Milwaukee until the conference finals. That's right. Which I think that there's a good chance that's that's who it'll be. I guess well, they would have I Toronto in round two. Uh, yeah, they they are the five seed. So I know they would have Milwaukee in round two. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, I got this. Wait, wait yeah, this is the four five really series. series. That, yeah, see that this this is a team that could take Milwaukee's got to get it together because they could go seven against Miami. Um, and Budenholzer doesn't and, and, make great. You know, adjustments. you don't have home court. These are that's the kind of series that a one seed might lose this year that they won in under normal circumstances, where you got that once you got the game seven at home, and now you don't. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, any other thoughts on this series? Uh, no, I I think that the it's a it's a lot of fun to watch Jimmy Butler in the playoffs he's uh the, the guy's real he just he's so he's, alpha he's so competitive he's like such a hard ass he just <laughs> does like the dude does the dude doesn't take shit from anybody and uh Spolstra is a playoff proven coach so uh, they're they're gonna be they're I mean even if you get by them they're gonna make you they're gonna exhaust you to yeah get they're by gonna them. make you work they're five point favorites tonight by the way or tomorrow they're the Saturday 2 30 uh central time game let's That's move on five at the latest yeah, let's move on to Rockets Thunder. Rockets a three-point favorite. They lead two games to zero. They stomp the shit out of uh, the Thunder in game two. Har- uh, Russell Westbrook they, still not Did they playing. beat them that bad? Well, I thought it was closer. What was uh, the score? 98-111? Maybe the score was. Yeah. I, I, let's see. It I'll wasn't go that back. close. I mean, I, I think, I think uh, Paul, uh, what's his name? Chris Paul was Chris like Paul minus 36. Terrible. Oh, he played terrible. Just they had crazy. the box or he played terrible. I was out on the golf course, so full disclosure, I did not I did not watch much of this game. I saw some of the highlights. Yeah, it looks like Chris Paul is gonna have to play a shitload better uh if Oklahoma City is even gonna make this a series. Yeah. Because I don't and- think Houston Houston did not play that great. Like they look at they shot from the three point line, of course they jack up, you know, a, a ridiculous amount of threes. They shot nineteen for fifty six. Thirty-four percent, not great. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's Aaron. Basically. I think Eric Gordon was like over ten, over ten yeah. for threes, and he played well. He still ended up with plus twenty-three on a plus-minus. He went over ten for three, six for twenty overall. He played very well in game one, and so you know if if you can get him to be, he's always been a little hot and cold. If he, if he can step up and play like he did in game one, they they are a, a dangerous team. Russ is not. I mean, for, I don't see any reason they would rush him back for Game Three before. What, this, what be, injury? What happened? Why, why is he on I think. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, which isn't good for a guy who relies on athleticism. Uh, no. But the fact that they wipe the floor with him in, in one and two gives them a chance to give him a little more rest. Uh, as I mentioned, Chris Paul minus thirty six <laughs> in thirty seven <laughs> minutes. That is not six good. for fifteen. This, the plus minus would be interesting to see if Eric Gordon is over 10 and he shot six for 20 in his plus minus. He's what? Plus, plus 23. 20? That's interesting. Which is crazy. Um, really, I guess the box score doesn't tell everything, does it? Yeah. You know, the Rockets, the Rockets look great in the first two games. Um, you know, the teams that are up 2-0, they're playing the best team. I mean, throughout the, the the season, the Thunder were forty four and twenty eight. They had a, a nice season. They won more games than or had the same record as the Rockets. Uh, definitely but overachieved. If you look at the guys the Rockets are playing without Russell on the floor, even with Russell, I mean, PJ Tucker's played for twenty different teams 
started his career basically in Israel, I think. Uh, Robert Covington's a nice piece. D- Daniel House has played bounce around the G League. Eight minutes. Thirty-eight minutes. Uh, Eric Gordon's played for a bunch of different teams. Jeff Green played thirty-seven minutes the other night. Jeff he Green, played who's well played, too. talking about guys that played for a thousand teams. Ben McLemore, a guy who most of the league thought would never play. Austin Rivers, who's just killing his father-in-law. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Is who's his? Uh, Wait, who's no. his father? Oh no, I'm t- that's Seth Curry. Sorry, I'm I'm all confused. Uh, Seth Curry is married to Doc's daughter. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So that, okay, I um, you know, the Rivers family, yeah, like, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's his Austin, real father. Yeah, his real father. Coaches, coaches for L.A. Not playing L.A. Yeah, they're so. not playing L.A. So I was very wrong about that. Thanks. So, but wrong on multiple fronts. That's all right. All right. Nobody's, whatever, nobody's counting. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Rockets look good, and and uh, OKC looks bad. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it, it may be a case more OKC being bad than than the Rockets being good. But the Rockets have a lot of room for improvement. Like I said, I mean, if Eric Gordon goes three for ten. Instead of 0 for 10, they win this game by 20. But but do the Rockets really with that lineup? Do they can they really beat Anthony Davis? I mean, how Anthony Davis would score 60 points a game against them? Well, and that's I, that's the, the big Clippers, question. The Clippers don't have a big front court, but I just don't. It's so it's just really hard for me to see. I guess they have Westbrook and Harden. I, I guess that series would be interesting. The winner of just, this series, this is the four or five series in the West, so they would face the Lakers in round two. Um, oh, I mean, I that I wouldn't. Want and the I think you're right, though. I mean, I think the Rockets would be much better matched up against the Clippers than than the the Lakers. But I don't think. Yeah, this this is the odd odd thing about this the Western Conference the way the way it is right now is that the 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 Lakers have this incredible front court player, and they have you, you, you know, LeBron is positionless. He led the league in assists, so I guess you can call him a point guard. Uh, but they don't have they don't have a backcourt to guard, that can really guard anybody. Mm-hmm. And although they got hot, they did get hot from three last night. I just I I really don't know how to predict the Western Conference at all. I think that this is this is one of the first years where a lot of people where you can pick. We said this at the beginning of the year where there's almost seven teams that you could pick to win the championship and, and have reasonable odds. You know, the odds wouldn't be that different between one and seven. So uh, this is really – I'm really looking forward to the way that this is going to unfold in the coming weeks because I have – I really have no idea. I could see the Rockets beating I, – I guess I could see them beating either L.A. team. I probably wouldn't pick them to do it, but in, there is a world in which that would happen. That could happen. And uh, I could I could see the two LA teams playing each other, or a lot of people even pick the Trailblazers to beat, you know, to to beat the Lakers in the first round, and and the the Clippers are tied one one. Both series are tied one one in the first round. So who the hell knows? This is this is really interesting. This is going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect Chris Paul to play so poorly in Game Three. Um, so you think that you I think, think the that Thunder Oklahoma can, City will play can get, make a series can get one can get one or two i mean you know and and we don't know what happens when russell does come back if you know if if the the thunder get game three and maybe four all of a sudden do we rush do we rush russ back rush Uh, russ russ back to be his father-in-law yeah i mean who knows yeah is he playing against his father-in-law too uh he's not anyway uh (laughs) we'll see (laughs) i i think that one's still interesting but as of right now if you want to overreact the rockets look really good and then the last series, man, we've gotten all of them. Uh, the Lakers and Trailblazers, 
L.A. came back and uh, beat the Blazers pretty convincingly in Game Two yeah, after winning them. after losing Game One. Um, get some of that, Danny. If you're listening, Danny, get the, some of that. LeBron. The Trailblazers. <laughs> I don't think Danny knows how podcasts. I don't work, think so. Danny does listen. Uh, he's he's too busy watching Fox Sports One and. <laughs> He's writing down everything Coward says. He's we still regurg- love you, Danny. He's regurgitating takes. We love you, D. But but you wrong. Yeah, I think I every wrong I think every Danny. group chat has a, a friend has one member who just like regurgitates takes from the worst people on television. And Danny is that guy. Uh, he I'm loves, afraid he is. He loves a skip skip Bayless take and a Cowherd take. Anyway, um, Anthony Davis went for what thirty one points in twenty nine minutes. Uh, he was plus thirty two in game two he's basically the trailblazers are basically starting an undrafted free agent rookie um at to guard him Gabriel. at the beginning of these games yeah a dude out of kentucky uh what is it winston i don't even know what the dude's first name is uh and he played very well against against davis in round one or in game one even though davis got a lot of points he was not efficient uh we said before the series i mean anthony davis should go for 40 a game against the Blazers, and it, I mean, they're literally starting an undrafted free agent. He, he should Is be Nurchik, killing these guys. Was Nurchik not not on? Well, I guess that's he right. He played twenty nine uh, minutes, JaVale. but they, yeah, they kind of he was in and play him a good at point. The five. Uh, I mean, the the primary de- defender has been Gabriel. Um, Wenyan Gabriel is his Wenyan. name. Sorry, there, he's a he's a good story. I you know I undrafted and everything, but there's it's just no chance that he's gonna he's going to slow down Anthony Davis. Nurchik is Nurchik isn't a great defender either. So I don't really see that happening. Uh, th- this series, I, I think this, this series can be the most polarizing because of the run that, uh, the, the trailblazers have been on to make the playoffs. And Damian Lillard has played incredible. And he's a large part of the reason that they, that they've made it this far. But it, I think anybody that really watches basketball and has watched the last three weeks, since since basketball has come back, it understands that the Portland Trailblazers are in, are incompetent defensively. They play zombie mellow Carmelo Anthony, who's ninety years old and wasn't in the league, was not on a team uh, until somewhat recently. He plays almost thirty minutes a game. He plays crunch time minutes. He he cannot guard anybody. He can't. He can hardly catch the ball. He was look at his look at his box score from last night. One for six. He was three turnovers, minus 26 on the plus-minus, a grand total of two points for a guy that's a volume shooter and a volume scorer. They Nurture isn't very good defensively. They play this uh, Euro guy, Azania, who if you listen – I don't know if you've been listening to Bill Simmons or Rosillo podcast, but they have been ripping on him. And I can't believe that he gets minutes. They, they were talking about him, and I, I didn't know anything about the guy. And then I watched a couple of these Blazers games um, when they're making the push to get in the playoffs, and he is incompetent. I can't believe that he plays. I cannot believe that he plays heavy minutes. And Mel and Mello, it's like he's out there for nepotism. You know, it's it's like it's almost like the coach is afraid to put him put him down. And by all accounts, uh, Stotts is a fairly good coach from from what I've heard. But mm-hmm. I'm. I, I'm looking at this, and they have they have two or three almost incompetent defenders on the court at any given point, and then they have Carmelo Anthony, who is he's a zombie of himself, and he but he doesn't understand that he doesn't that's not stopping him when he gets the ball. He still kind of has his head down, like he's 
playing for the Knicks and he's going to score 40 a game. So some of this I want to put on the coach. Uh, some of it was the Lakers got hot. They they actually hit threes. Um, I just don't see them. I don't see them winning another game. What do you think? I disagree to a certain extent. The the big story today is that Lillard dislocated his finger last night. But uh, they he, were already up thirty. Yeah, he already, says he'll play just, in game three. It's it's his non shooting hand, so I can't imagine. And we know how tough that dude is, so I can't imagine that's going to affect him too much. Uh, the Lakers. This series, I'll talk more about the Lakers than the Blazers because, you know, the Blazers play no defense, and they've played no defense even throughout this run in the bubble. Um, but they've they got tough terrible. guys, and they can they can execute down the stretch. The Lakers played 13 guys last night, and all of them played more than eight minutes. Nobody actually played 30 on their team. Um, even Cook and Dudley played eight minutes. Like, this that's isn't just... Blowout. That's a blowout. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but we've been... You know, after game one, we talked a lot about how the others for the Lakers were just pathetic, especially Caldwell Pope was he came awful back in and game played one. Well. He played much better in game two. He was plus 24, five for eight from the field, four for six for threes. Um, they're, you know, they've got JaVale and they have, you know, Dwight Howard, all knucklehead team uh, <laughs> as the big guys who both played pretty well. Dwight was a minus seven, but four for five from the field, so... Wrap your mind around that. Sometimes he can't he did get have his, five fouls too. So. Yeah, he can't get his he can't get out of his own way with the fouls. He yeah, he was actually playing all right, mm-hmm. and he would just he'd pick up a stupid foul, and then he would just start jawing. He's he's running his mouth like he's like he's the best player on the team. You know, like he's playing for Orlando, and it's just like, dude, you just need to shut up and play. And and Javale played pretty well too. He, yeah. He's, uh, ironically, playing next to Dwight, JaVale looks like a, an intelligent... The more solid, uh, uh, you know... Yes. It is funny. A stoic, a much more stoic figure when he's standing next to Dwight Howard, when he's sharing minutes with him. So, yeah. But, it, you know, was, LeBron played... LeBron only had 10 points last night. I think it was the least... I, I heard it was the least points he's ever had in a playoff win. Uh, he went 4 for 11, but was still plus 23, and it's about Davis and James. But I, you know, I'm worried. I would be worried if I was a Lakers fan. I, they're they're going to win this series. I think I think the Blazers are going to get one more. Dame is going to go for fifty, and and steal at least one more game in the series. But you know, if you just look at the guys they're playing, I mean they they did play uh, Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith and Alex Caruso played seventeen minutes last night. Danny Green played twenty two minutes, went one for six again. I mean, he's he has not shot the ball well at all. Um, Their others have they've got to step up, and and you know, if you're looking at a you know Avery Bradley is missed, Rojan Rando is missed. It's, what was uh, that, Charles Rojan? Okay, Rojan? what was that? <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, Rondo. Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. Let me tell you, Kyle Kuzma. That's what I said. Wasn't it? Kyle Kuzma well, is, is fine. I mean, he's I, he's he's overrated. We 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 can agree on that. Yeah. He's, He's not. He's not going to be. I don't think that they can count on him to score fifteen to twenty points a game. Now, he's he's just not very consistent. Um, no. He does show flashes, uh, and he they're going to need they're going to need production from him. He was only two for six last night in twenty one minutes. Um, but you know, uh, there's a reason the dude was a second round pick. Uh, he's just he's he's not he's not a superstar. And if if he didn't play in L A. Ninety percent of of basketball fans won't know who he is. That's always yeah, my take. But since he does him. and he dresses funny, people know. Yeah, your coworkers know who Kuz is. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's 
that's that. I, I I see the Blazers at least getting one more in this series. Uh, but uh, you know the Lakers are better, and they just have no answer for Davis. What and if uh, they can go at Carmelo whenever they want, which is always great. If if uh, Lillard's finger is messed up, you still think that they're if he's really if he's actually injured, he's a you know, fucking he's psycho. A ball dominant guy. Yeah, but yeah, he is. That's, and that's it, and it's his his non shooting hand. I mean, I I don't think it's gonna. It, it could affect his handles, I guess. Um, so the Lakers get the next two, and then they'll 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 win a meaningless game five or something like that, or game uh, six. I think I think, no, no, I think uh, Portland gets one of the next two. Okay. If not game three, then game four, and uh, then the Lakers can close them out. But well, we can we can agree to disagree. I, I don't see I don't see the Lakers shooting like you know blow, get blowing them out of the water. You know, getting up by thirty right away. But I don't see that. I I just the Trailblazers are too bad defensively. Uh, they they don't have they don't have enough dudes to throw at LeBron or or Anthony Davis. LeBron's not going to score ten points. I I mean I know that was a product of having. Tw- playing 27 minutes and, you know, blowing them out from the get-go. But I think Anthony Davis and LeBron are are going to are gonna put the team on their back, even when these guys, even when the others that are like the leftovers would be a better name yeah. for the rest of their bench than others. Even when those guys don't shoot well, you know, I still think they're going to put the team on their back and they're going to win you know, even a close game. But but I, this, this is de- – you definitely need to be alarmed if you're a Lakers fan with – you know, with this roster, there's just, there's these guys just have not developed enough to be consistent, competent bench players and scorers. And they just, and they don't have, when LeBron comes off the court, like we were talking about earlier, same with uh, Luka Doncic, it's just like, who, who on earth is going to create offense? Anthony Davis cannot bring the ball up mm-hmm. and, you know, pound the thing into the, into the court, into the hardwood you know, 20 or for 20 seconds of the shot clock, that's just not going to work. So LeBron's going to have to play heavy minutes or these other guys are going to have to like learn how to play basketball between now and when they face some, a competent defensive team, which, which they will with the Rockets I are mean, in the second round. Yeah. They are a better, better offensive team, defensive team than the trailblazers. So this, this is concerning, but this is all, this which is, is hard to believe reason. that anyone would be a better defensive or a worse defensive team than the Rockets uh, traditionally. But, Portland is worse. Portland is terrible. Yeah. Agreed. And this is part, but that's part of the reason that this is so compelling. That this year mm-hmm. and this yeah, Western I mean, Conference is so we compelling. We just walked through all of these these series, and all of the contenders have a lot of like questionable role players. There aren't, you know, like if you look back at at some of the best teams over the last ten years, you know, I, I I'm a Spurs homer, of course, but. Like those those teams had six or seven guys you could count on with with uh, the big three plus Dial plus um, Manu came plus off the bench. Manu plus you, you know the big three plus Kawhi plus Dial plus you know like there there are five or six Danny Green. There were six or seven guys that were like these are these are proven playoff guys. They're professionals. Uh, yeah. You know you go back to some of those Heat teams. Obviously you had the big three there plus Ray Allen plus some other pieces. It seems like a lot of the contenders, they all have question marks. I mean, I think this thing is wide open. Um, yeah. So uh, it's going to be fun. I would, say, I would say of the contenders, the team with the best bench is the Clippers, but they still haven't been – they haven't been cohesive. They haven't played all these guys. Mm-hmm. They've been – uh, they've been unhealthy for a lot of seasons, so they're still that's a question mark in itself. So yeah. this will be this is gonna be awesome to see how this unfolds. Hoops are back, Whitey. This Do you is have, awesome. have any thoughts on the draft lottery last night? Minnesota winning the first pick in what, is, by all accounts, seems to be a pretty lackluster draft. 
Yeah, it does. Uh, I was really happy that the Warriors did not get the first pick. Um, they did get that, number two. The that wig that the I don't even know what you call the the makeover Steph Curry makeover was kind of interesting. Uh, Steph Curry's pretty damn likable. Um, I don't I, I I don't know a whole lot of these guys you know that are projected other than Lamelo. Um, who do you who do you think is going to go first? Because I heard different. I heard I've heard different I things. Ha- now. I have no idea. I mean, I. I'm like Way most people. We don't watch a lot of. I don't watch a lot of college basketball, and I without the tournament, I have even less idea. The the guy from the swingman from Georgia seems to be uh, like Edwards. Pick. I think I forget. He seems to be the guy. I also saw something from True Hoop, which is a newsletter that I I enjoy quite a bunch, quite, quite a, a bunch. bit. And he said that he would not draft Lamelo Ball in the first round. So you know who knows? It only takes one team to get excited and take the guy, but. You know he's the most talked about player, big six seven point guard. Uh, there's always question marks there uh, for a lot of reasons, I guess. Uh, right. But we we shall see. I, not, other stuff around the league, the league calendar being you know is a lot in flux. We'll see what that means. Silver said that um, a December one start would probably be delayed. Uh, I mean I I don't I, I don't know. That's way above our pay grade. But four more games today, four more games tomorrow, four more games Sunday, four more games Monday. God, I love it. Hoops are back. That's what we're talking about. God, I love it. All right, Whitey, uh, awesome. shout, shout out all your social medias and uh, where the where the single women can find you. All right, it's uh, Coach Spews on IG. I don't know what the Snapchat account. Just I, IG, you DM me. Uh, there's a lot of room in that inbox, if you know what I mean. They're wide open. Um, Those DMs are wide open. Slide in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you got any closing, you got any funny stories from Brad's, uh, Brad's wedding, uh, Garza, Garza do anything, uh, absurd and ridiculous. Anybody? Uh, he did. I, I'm going to let him tell the story because it's so nine. ridiculous. I, like he's got to share it. I, I, I don't want to out him on this quite yet, <laughs> okay. right. uh, but I'll tell you when we hang up. All right. All right. That's it. Stay on the line because I'm going to tell you right now, but uh, I'm going to end the podcast right now. Call our hotline, 800-392-6344, 800-392-6344. Until next time, we'll be back with more backdoor cover. Check out Mind and Micah. Mm, bye-bye. Bye-bye.